And we're back again, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Stressed Out Dads podcast, where we touch on serious, humorous, and what-if situations that affect dads and men in general. Y'all already know who I am. I'm your host, Chad Patterson, and I got my co-host, Tim Beecham, with me. How your morning going, bro? Hey, man, I'm here to talk about it. I feel uh, blessed, even though I'm stressed. Uh, hey, man, I like the way you put that, man. Hey, them, them balls right there, them balls, man. <laughs> you watch a little rap battle over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you're blessed, man. That's, that's always good to hear, man. I, I like that, bro. Man, you know, I got some uh, random topics on the table, man. As I like to say, one don't go with the other. Just some random topics, my brother. So, man, um, we ain't even going to waste no time, man. We're going to go ahead and hop into the first question. All right. For you, what was your favorite age growing up and why? Sadly enough, I, I, I can't say that I had a favorite. You know, something I do. I, okay, I, something just hit me. It was that last year before I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact age. Maybe around seven, eight, somewhere around there. Yeah. But I remember it, it just, when I look back on it, it was the perfect Christmas, man. It snowed when it was supposed to snow. <laughs> yeah. Right now, you be, uh, you know, April with the top down and it's snowing. You know what I'm saying? So it's a. Uh, right. <laughs> but it snowed when it was supposed to snow. It, um, I remember listening to having a little radio that my mama told me to shut off, but they had little reports that used to come on. And then talk about Santa being in your area and how close he was. Tracking Santa. Yeah, and I remember that in that year I had written to Santa and I actually got a letter back. My mom let me make, you know, milk and cookies to put out. You know, the family was over the house that Christmas Eve. Nobody got shot. Nobody got arrested. No fights didn't break out. Right. And uh, I drank the... We didn't have any more kids, eggnog. And so I drank the... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't didn't know. I I thought... Yeah. Cause they have, you thought it was regular yeah, eggnog. Yeah, this is y'all kids' eggnog. Y'all drank that right there. This is the grown-up eggnog. So wasn't no more kids' eggnog. Yeah. So I'm sneaking, getting the, drunk, the uh, grown-up's eggnog, getting towed up. So it was... Uh, <laughs> hey, that sounded like it was a good time right there, brother. Yeah, it, it just, I remember that. Uh, I still remember I got the... Um, I had got the speaking spell... I got this uh, puppet named Lester. It was a it was a popular puppet back in the day, like where you learn how to be a ventriloquist and all that. Well, I think that's how you say it. And um, I got the little hard case uh, record player. Um, oh right on, right on. You know, I got a couple of my my favorite albums that you know that I would hear that I like to listen to, like uh, P Funk All Star. You know, it's funny. I got P Funk yeah. All Stars. I got a uh, Charlie Day was the one with the track on it. The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and uh, I can't think of her name. She sing back down memory lane. Uh, I can't think of her name right now. Oh, uh, I know the song. Actually, I can't call her name at the moment either. Yeah, I remember I had those albums, and I got the Hot Wheel track. I mean, not the Hot Wheel. The 
uh, electric car track where the cars would slide Ooh, off. Oh, the electric yeah. race track, yeah. man. Oh yeah, man. I remember it was just a it was just a perfect. I had the evil Knievel uh, that you put in a little uh, red box, you wind it up, and he comes shooting out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, hey, man, yeah, that sounded like it was a fun time, man. It was a good Christmas, and I remember Christmas Day, you know, my cousin's coming over, and we down in the basement playing with, with the electric car track, and just talking and dancing to music, who had the best dance moves. You know what I mean? It was, a, it was just a fun right. time. So that point in time, I remember... Because uh, it wasn't, you know, I remember thinking it was enough snow for us to go out there and play around with, have a snowball fight, build a snowman and stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't, well, you got to think, well, I live at now, I live in Virginia Beach, and uh, that the weather may come on and threaten snow, they shut everything down. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. And, but then, you know, about, about two, three feet of snow, you know, which is real nice, just nice, soft snow to stick together when you make a snowball. Yeah. It, it, it was just a perfect, perfect Christmas, man. Perfect time of year that year. And I, I'll never forget that one. That sounded like it was pretty awesome right there, man. Yeah, it was. Cause it was all downhill after that. But it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, I got to say uh, one, one age that uh, was my favorite age growing up. And uh, definitely a little older than what you said. Was. um. About 18, man. I got to say about 18. Or 17 going on 18. I remember that that time right there, man, because, you know, you're at the age where you're, you're almost grown, but you're still, you know, a, a, a older teen. You know what I mean? Yes. And, um, man, at that age was when... I started hanging out with my uh who with, with the the chick who is now my wife. Um just that summer, that summer of that year, man, hanging out with friends and, and you you're on the you're on the edge of stepping out of um pretty much teenhood almost into or or heading into adulthood. And that area of you're about to step out into the real world and and things like that. So it was sort of like that last area in time of your the last hoorah, you know, if you want to say it, <laughs> um, you know, because, you know, I was heading into uh, senior year and man, that summer. That summer was a was a a, a, a a pretty good summer, man. Uh, like I said, I started hanging out with um, my uh, wife. You know, at that time, of course, she wasn't my wife, but who would become my wife? The the, the girl who would be would become my wife. I remember, um, you know, uh, just that that time of being with friends and going to these parties and man, I never forget um two of my best friends, man. I never forget one Friday. Now man, I don't know how we caught when that it was gonna be somebody having a party at some at some 
either hotel or house. We all we caught wind was with somebody having a party. Man, Timbo from about I say about five that afternoon or that evening to twelve or one in the morning, Timbo, we riding around trying to find this party, man. Even though we never found the party. <laughs> we never found the party. <laughs> We had a great time riding around trying to find that party, man. And it was just fun times and being free and being, you know, um, teens. And again, we never found it, but it was fun trying to find it, man. And, you know, meeting the girl that I ended up marrying, man. You know, not meeting her, but starting to hang out with the girl that I ended up marrying and having a family with. And, you know, seeing us all transition into senior year and, you know, I had a lot of home life issues, uh, you know, growing up, man. Around 18, my parents split up and, you know, eventually they got they got divorced. But um, that conflict in my home, you know, disintegrated and. Uh, that took some load off of me. And, you know, just, just seeing everybody transition, man, and, and me transition into going into a young man and and all of that was, you know, just a, it was just a great time for me, man. I think we're going to run and take a quick break, man. So, y'all, sit tight, get your snack, get you something to drink. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Chad Patterson, host of Stressed Out Dads. And I'd like to take this time to thank y'all for tuning in every week to the podcast. And I really appreciate your positive feedback and support. So if you'd like to help keep this thing going, you can always stop by stressedoutdads.com forward slash donate and leave a little something. Remember, there's no donation too big or small. Every little bit counts. But what counts most importantly is you, the listener. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Stressed Out Dads podcast. In this episode, we're just doing some random questions. As I like to say, one don't go with the other, just some random questions. Timbo, you still with me, brother? Yes, sir. All right, well, man, we're going to keep rocking and rolling, man. I'm going to hit you off with this next question. All right, let's go. As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? An architect. And what made you want to be an architect? I had a Uncle Donald, who was at that time considered to be a genius. He had one of the first uh, black architect firms in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was um, like he was hanging out with all kind. Of, well, they weren't like major celebrities, but the guy that started uh, American Gladiator, uh, the guy that actually owned that car, Kit, that was a Knight Rider. I mean, he knew all these people, and he was also an engineer and he was helping design different things for like that American gladiator. And the, mm-hmm. the original kit, the guy that had the car that they wanted to use for kit thought that it up showed the car that they actually ended up using for it. And, um, they ended up not using that car, but he did a lot of, a lot of other stuff like that. I mean, he just knew a lot of people and I knew his core was, he was an architect and I used to see him, when I'm over at my auntie's house, you know, at that board sketching, designing buildings, and he would take, it's like a hard styrofoam. 
Yeah. He would use to build these buildings that he was talking about. And it, it, it just looked good, man. It looked like he was uh, playing with Legos in a way. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I thought that's what I wanted to be. But it was, you know, again, it, it's not something that's taught in your community. It's not something that's in schools or not something that was encouraged throughout life. And it, it's cute mm-hmm. to want to be a, a architect or whatever you want to be when you're in uh, grade school. But once you, like you said, that about 18 or so when you start to get a better dynamic of what life is. Right. You know, yeah. I didn't see any way that that was realistic for me. You know, for me, I used to want to be a truck driver, man. I was, I always loved 18 wheelers, man. Just to, you know, the size and, and, and everything that they can do and they can haul all this stuff. And, uh, one thing that used to always get me, especially when I was a kid, one that would always get me, uh, was seeing them go down the road at night, all lit up with the lights and all that. And of course, as I got older, you know, that changed, you know, I, I do see where you're coming from that, um, in a nutshell, we can be anything we want to be, but when you come from upbringing that, you know, like your, your parents had to be what they were taught to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, they didn't have the guidance of, well, you can do this and you can do that. And sometimes that's handed down, not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, you know, uh, what they were taught. You know, you just get a J-O-B and you, you work your ass off. Yeah, if your dad was a steel worker, then chances you are you still were going to be a steel worker. Yeah, yeah. Even when it comes to like managing money, nobody taught me how to manage money. Um, senior year in independent living, yeah, we was taught how to balance checkbook and and and, and things like that. But when it came to managing money and saving money and all that, nobody, I was not taught that coming up. Because my parents weren't taught that when they was coming up. So I this is, you know, something I learned on my own. So even today of being a business owner, I wasn't pushed to be a business owner. I wasn't pushed to be a a, a, a independent person uh, of uh you can do your own thing and 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 make a living out of it. I wasn't taught that. I was taught you get a nine to five and you just work. Yep. And boom, that's that's what it was. You know, um, you you get a job, you work, you pay your bills. And that was it. Yeah, like I said, of course, over time, I'm wanting to be a truck driver changed. And I could have been a truck driver, but it changed. You know, I, I didn't want to be that anymore. And as I grew older, I, I knew I wanted to be my own boss. Um, we've taught our kids, you know, you can be, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you you want to do. You can be successful in whatever you put your mind to. You know, not faulting my parents or anybody that that just instilled to work a nine to five and that's it. You know, but um, you get you you know you you give out what you were taught. You know, I think people forget, especially in our community in the black community, they've been behind the eight ball for so long. Yeah. 
Uh, you got to think our parents are just coming off the back of segregation. You know what I mean? Yes. So yes. The, the options were very limited. So there's nothing for them to pass down. And just to take mm-hmm. one example of that. And again, I hate making it a race issue, but it is what it is. Right. You know, like with the housing where you had, and this is one of the one of the cause of the big divides, um, banks would, wouldn't give contractors, you know, loans for houses if black people were going to live up. It was actually in the contract. So when you have somebody paying, you know, eighteen or 20000 for a house back at that time, a single-family home, and uh, that home is increasing in value over the years when you have black folks still renting, or, which they're paying for nothing. Yeah. Then after you come through segregation and everything, and black folks are allowed to buy a home, or, or I, I hate to say allowed, but that's what it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. they were able to buy a home. Now, you did have black people that had their own land to build their own home and stuff like that, and it was what it was. Yeah. But for the most part, for the majority, um, there was a head start there. So when segregation was fizzling out and um, the uh, other communities had the opportunity to, their homes increased in value. So the, this $18,000 home you bought's worth ninety dollars or $100,000. Now you got a good start in life. You know what I mean? You kind of got to come up. Well, we're talking about decades that the black community was behind the eight ball on that. Yeah. Yeah, like like you said, you wanted to drive a truck, but there was no, you didn't have the means or the resources to know how to get into there, and you didn't have access to the internet right. where you can Google, I want to be a truck driver, nah, you know what I mean? No, nah, nah, we didn't have internet back when me and you was coming up in them times, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you said, uh, you know, growing up, um, like for, for instance, my great-granddad, he worked. Saved his money, bought a whole bunch of land, built a home, and as his kids got older, he gave them each a piece of land. So he, you know, so in in situations like that, you're you're sort of giving your uh your kids uh something a good foot to start out on. Yeah, you know, um, not not everybody could do that. Right, and. That's what me and you strive for, for our kids to, you know, set them out on on something that when we're gone, they can have and can help help propel them forward. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it, it was a um, uh, a white guy that uh, my mother used to work with. And uh, I used to always like talking to him well, because he was I, I lived in the city and he was a farmer and I um Yeah. Or he lived on a farm. And, you know, he would invite us out my first time, like, seeing real pigs, real cows, real chickens and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. you got to think, I'm in my, I'm in high school by this time. For our, first time I've ever seen a real cow. I mean, just to really? put things in perspective. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and one of the things that he had talked about is how his grandfather uh, started a line of credit for his kids and he gave them land. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did the same thing for his kids who's done it for his kids. So they always yeah. had a sense of managing money and how to become successful to generate, to create generational wealth. Right. And that's, uh, you never really, most people don't have the opportunity to generate wealth. Right, that's true. That's true. Now, it's easy to get rich. I mean, you you, uh, you and your wife take the money that you 
uh, got coming in and you lived in a place, I don't want to say, I don't want to pick on a specific place, but you moved someplace. Um, like for me, if I was to move back to Ohio, well, I'm paying for my house right now. I could probably get a seven, eight bedroom home in Ohio. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and like, I remember the reason I say that is because I had a friend of mine call and say, Hey, look, you know, my, my husband left me. I got these kids and stuff. And, uh, I can't afford to buy this house that I'm, I'm living in. I was wondering if you could, we could work out somewhere you buy it. And, uh, I make payments to you, even if you got to raise the rent a little bit. I said, well, you know, First of all, you, I ain't talked to you since, you know, more than 20 years, and this is what you're calling me with, you know what I mean? But I was intrigued. I was intrigued. I said, well, yeah. uh, what makes her think I can afford to buy, you know, a house that the pretty much pay on land contract to her? Mm-hmm. She has a six-bedroom house, four full bathrooms, one half bathroom. Uh, it's three floors if you count the basement. The basement, the, the living floor and upstairs. Oh, there's an attic mm-hmm. up there, too. Mm-hmm. This house is $60,000. What? It's $60,000. And it's not, you know, it's not in the, you know, like the best neighborhood, but it's not in the poor neighborhood either, you know. It's not. Really? Yeah, and I was just thinking, wow. So I, I had got to go on a Zillow, Zillow or whatever you said, the, the real estate app and looking around yeah, at it. And I, yeah. I was just laughing at how much. And, you know, it got a little land to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, here, where you, you see where I live, the, the houses are real close to each other, and you know you, yeah, don't, you don't get yeah. that much land here, right? So right. you know, riches rich the based on where you live at. So it's not hard to get rich, but wealthy is when you got something that you can pass on. So that's why yeah, exactly. I, I, I quit yeah. saying I want to be rich. I, I, I'm working on generating generational wealth. Same here, brother. Same here, man. And it's funny going back to what you said. <laughs> It's funny, um, you know, because I know you grew up in the city and, and you, you know, uh, I grew up in the country, um, still live in the country. And um, it's funny because, man, I can go out in, on, in my front, on my front porch or in my backyard and hear cows and donkeys all damn day long, man. <laughs> and, um, you know, hear some chickens too. And uh, even where I grew up at which is not far from where i live now i grew up around all that stuff i grew up around pigs and chickens and cows and goats and all of that man i grew up around that my family members my grandma had tons of chickens um my great uncle had tons of chickens and some goats he got i'll never forget he had this one mean ass goat man Every time that goat would break out the pen, that joke would chase you, man. Well, I wanted to correct you on something. You don't live out in the country. I don't know where you live, but I know when, <laughs> when I've been to some, some some country places, you know, uh, friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Where you live at, I had never seen nighttime like that because we were driving, we were leaving your house. Yeah. We were going back to the hotel, and I was like, I, was, I messed with my headlights because the, the, it's so dark it was eating the, the high beams. You know what I mean? So it was a, <laughs> and when you could be standing, now this is not a black joke, but you standing right next to each other outside can't see each other. You know what I'm saying? So it's a... Right, right. That is I the mean, yeah. country. You got to say country because... 
yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a different type of darkness out there, out here. I agree with you, brother. Yeah, I was getting scared, man, outside. Because, you know, when you're sitting on your porch, you can't see the street at night. You know what I mean? I right, said, right. Sasquatch <laughs> going to come down here and you know, attack me or something, man. Like, this is crazy. Good old country living. Good old country living, brother. I remember my first time seeing a, a buzzard at my sister's house in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I was sitting out there just looking at the land and the my far as you can see, cause you, there's no neighbors to say, you know what I mean? You, you're not walking to your neighbor's house out there. You got to get in the car and drive over there. Right. And right. Uh, where her fence is at, we're looking at maybe about a couple of acres down. There's a fence there. And I remember looking up in the sky to me, I ran in the house. I said, I think it's a pterodactyl. You know, <laughs> I hear everybody like a pterodactyl. What's a pterodactyl? You know, so they run outside and they're laughing because it was a buzzard. And now that was from, you know, an acre, two acres away. They looked huge then. I said, that could take away a small child, man. I, you know, I just. <laughs> I just <laughs> Timbo, I'm hopping to this last random question, man. All right, brother. All right, so when you were a kid, did you eat the crust on your sandwich or did you cut it or tear it off, man? I didn't like it, but if my mama was around, she made it as a, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. She said, catch you cutting that crust off. You was eating that crust. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't matter whether you threw it in the trash or not. You threw it in the trash, you get it up out of there. You was eating that crust. Yeah. Hey, that's money. That's money you cutting that's off right. that bread. That's right. Man. Yeah. Same thing with the uh, when we when we got all fancy, fancy living, got an AC unit. Yeah, the window kind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one one room. Now we got the basement, the living room, and upstairs. But boy, don't be going outside too long and leave that door open. Heck no, man. Uh, don't be going in and out. You either stay in or out. That's right. And don't go in the refrigerator looking for. Boy, you was just in that refrigerator ten minutes ago. Same thing in there. Ten minutes ago, it was in there now. Like I'm letting all the cool air out the refrigerator. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Man. Another, and you I, know what, man? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Here's another one I know you do. When it was uh, thundering and lightning outside, everything got shut down. You sat still. Everything. And you sat still and you be quiet. You be quiet. Yep. I never forget. Uh, especially my grandma, man. And and this would be her 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 uh, saying when it was a storm. Y'all be quiet. Lord doing his work. Yep. Yep. See, here's something else that I, I want but for stress our dads that I'm hoping we can go to. What's that? As we open up and we start doing the live streaming, do we have other dads from all walks of life? And we revisit some of the things that we talked about. I would love to show people, no matter whether you're black, white, Latin, rich, poor, whatever, we all had some of the same experiences. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, that I hear from different people, and I'm not trying, I'm sorry for changing the subject a little bit. Oh, you're good, but man. I know no matter what walk of life you come from, rolling your eyes, smacking your lips, or certain curse words, you didn't blaspheme the Bible. Nope. <laughs> no, no matter who you were growing up. And I, I think that, uh, what was the saying that my grandma used to say? When you fix your plate and you're eating and you don't eat it all, oh, your eyes is bigger than your stomach. 
Yeah, yeah guys, <laughs> bigger than your stomach. That's right. But but you know what? You gonna eat it because you asked for oh, it. Oh, you couldn't get up from that table till you finished. Yeah, you had to finish it, man. Now look how we grew up two different worlds, but yet we got so much in common. You know what I mean? Yeah, so much in common, man. And 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 faced uh, you know similar things, and and you know went through similar things. Uh, think talking about the crust. Normally, I would I would eat the crust. I you know that just came up. You know I would eat the crust. Now it would be sometimes. And of course, my mama didn't see me do this. <laughs> you know how you you cut your, your your sandwich in a triangle. Yeah, yeah. So you know, in a triangle, you got one side or one edge of the bread that's just bread. It's no it's no crust there when you cut it in a triangle. Right, right. And so I would eat around that triangle and leave the edge crust. And now again, I wouldn't let my mama see this man, but I, I would, I would throw it away. But sometimes I would eat it, you know. Sometimes I would eat the whole thing. It just, I guess, it would just be depending on, you know, how I felt that day. Well, I'm gonna tell your mama. I'm gonna tell her. I'm tell her now. I'm gonna say, you know, that Chad wastes a lot of bread, and I know your mama, Chad. I think uh, twenty dollars would be fair for. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. But I wouldn't let mama see it, though, man. I wouldn't let her see it. Uh, another thing to throw out there. Most kids did not like the um, heel of the bread. We just had this discussion, maybe about a month ago. Some people call it the butt of the bread, the heel of the bread. Yeah. You will reach down past that and leave that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and and when that and when that bag of bread was done, you have two heels That's sitting right. in there. And you just gonna throw that out. <laughs> yeah, gonna throw it out. But I wonder why that was, because you know what, man? The heel of the bread ain't bad tasting or nothing. I, you know something? I do not know the answer to that. I just know that's what it is. You know what I mean? It's, yep. They didn't yep. eat the hill of the bread. Now, let me ask you this now. As an adult, do you eat the hill of the bread? Uh, that would be a no. I do not. <laughs> and here's the thing, man. Like, as I became an adult, now, this only happened within the past three years. But within the past three years... I don't mind eating the heel of the bread if it's toasted. If it's toasted, I eat it with no problem. I don't mind eating it. Now, I prefer not to eat it if it's not toasted. Now, in your household, I remember we were on the phone, and your wife said, don't throw that heel out. You said, I don't eat the heel. She said, oh, you're going to eat the heel tonight. So you either go eat the heel of that bread or the heel of this shoe. I remember when that happened. Man. I remember that. I remember that. And that's what I just hung up the phone. I just hung up the phone. I, didn't wanna... I knew one was coming, man. I was wondering oh. when you was going to throw one in there, man. But I knew one was coming. Well, you know, I, I, I love your wife, man. You married to a good woman. And I never want to be that guy that had to testify against her on the witness stand. So I just, I just hang up a lot with assault. Comes down in the Patterson household. I just hang up. Come on, man. You know my wife ain't maybe eat no damn look, heel. Look, of what bread, I what man. I know to be a fact is that if you took twenty people and they talked to your wife, they said, "Oh my gosh, she's so sweet, and meek, and mild." But boy, I hear her getting on, on you and your son, boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, I hear both of y'all saying y'all goofing off. Remember your son was in there trying to throw blows at you, y'all horsing around. He said, get out the kitchen with all that horse ride. I ain't playing right now. Y'all was both like, yeah, yes, man. she did. I mean, yes, I give it to her. She did say that. She did say, y'all better don't be playing in the kitchen. Yeah, I heard her say that quite a few times. And that's man. what I always tell you. My battery was low. And I just go on and hang up the phone. <laughs> you know, I asked my uh I asked my brother-in-law the same thing a year or so ago. I was at his house. And uh, I saw him. He got he got some bread to make a sandwich, and it was like the last two regular slices of bread in the, in the pack. He, I see him throwing it in the trash. I said, I said, damn, man. I said, you don't eat the heels. He just stopped and looked at me. He said, man, hell no. <laughs> I said, what's wrong with the heels? He said, man, I don't eat, man, I don't eat that. Well, we will get to the bottom of that as we get more people on the calls and stuff like that. We'll get to the bottom of that. I remember Mama making sandwiches for us, you know, like lunch. Yeah. She cut them in little squares, put little chips on the plate, stuff like that. And I'm looking at her, see which one she done put that heel on. She cutting up in these little squares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, your mama ain't going to waste that heel, man. Nah, she ain't wasting that. Well, man, it's been some uh, pretty good random topics, man. I, I hope the listeners enjoy it, and I hope they enjoy our answers, man. On that note, brother, we're going to take it on home, man. All right, bro. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for once again stopping by to check out another episode of the Stressed Out Dads podcast. As always, I ask that you tell your friends and your family about us, spread the word. I also ask that you uh, like, share, comment, and subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform that you feel. Um, Follow us on Facebook. Stop by facebook.com forward slash stressed out dads. Follow us. Check us out. Drop us a comment on some of our posts. Um, Continue to support us, y'all. We enjoy doing this podcast and uh, we, we're excited to see the transition of it growing week by week, the listener base growing week by week, um, the likes, the Facebook likes growing week by week, engagement growing, and the whole nine. We really enjoy it. We, you know, we, we're thankful that um, the Stressed Out Dad's brand is growing. As always, y'all, I'm your host, Chad Patterson, and my co-host, Tim Beecham. Well, y'all, keep holding it down. Do what you do. Stay safe and healthy, and we'll get with y'all in the next podcast episode. Peace, y'all. Peace.